Happy holidays, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast, and looking back on my Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, today I'm bringing you another holiday treat. I am covering Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer from 1964, the stop-motion movie. Of course, we all know, we've seen it, we know exactly what it's about. A misfit reindeer and his friends look for a place that will accept them. This movie's got an 8.1 out of 10 based on 24,020 ratings. It was directed by Larry Romer. Here's a little bit of trivia. The original puppets of Santa and young Rudolph from the 1964 production went on tour in November 2007. When purchased by their new owner, both were in poor condition. Santa had mold under his beard and half of his mustache was gone. While Rudolph's nose was completely gone. The owner took them to Stop Motion Animation Studio Screen Novelties International and restored them as a quote-unquote labor of love for expenses only $4,000. The puppets originally cost $5,000 each in 1964. Well, that was nice of them to get them back up to their original. When Yukon Cornelius throws his pickaxe into the ground and takes it out and licks it, he's checking neither for gold nor silver. The original concept for the special stated that Yukon was in fact searching for the elusive peppermint mine, which he eventually finds. This scene has since been restored, starting with the 1998 home video VHS release. Hermie is the only elf without pointed ears. He's also the only male elf with hair on top of his head, as well as eyes that dilate. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yukon Cornelius' stalwart sled dogs include a Cocker Spaniel, a Poodle, a St. Bernard, a Collie, and a Dachshund. The song Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was a seasonal standard long before it was used in this film. It was written in 1939, and its popularity skyrocketed in 1947 by Gene Autry's recording. The Reindeer Rudolph was actually created for Montgomery Ward's department store by employee Robert May in 1939 as part of an advertising campaign. Interesting. Alright, without further ado, let's jump right into this. I'm excited. I didn't watch this. I usually watch it every year, but I think last year I just was doing the podcast stuff. It just I didn't. I had to pick my all-time favorites. I had to whittle some stuff down and say. And I even even told Jeremy tonight. It's like we don't need to watch every single one every year. Just we can skip a year and then we can watch it the next year. So. As honestly, guys, as fast as these years have been rolling by in the last five or more years, the years just slip by so fast, it feels like we just watched this yesterday, which, nothing wrong with that, it's just, you gotta space them out. Alright, so we open up the movie on some real-life footage of people pushing cars out of snowbanks, and we see different newspapers, one's from New York, the Herald Tribune, saying, cold wave in 12th day. Chicago Sun-Times, we're frozen with a giant O as the headline. Daily Mail, not sure where that is at. Ice peril warning. And through the newspaper, you do kind of see footage of someone walking, just head down, down a sidewalk on a busy street somewhere. As snow just pelts their body. Daily News, another headline. Tough going, sanitation army digging us out. 
San Francisco Chronicle, foul weather may postpone Christmas. That's not good. So we see the snowman coming towards us as he says, I'll never be able to forget that big snowstorm a couple years ago. He tells us that the weather closed in. You might not believe it. The world almost missed Christmas. Yikes. So this is Sam the snowman who's telling us that the world almost missed Christmas due to a humongous snowstorm that impacted all 50 states. And every other place in the world, oh, we're going to miss Christmas. And the place that Sam the snowman is at is Christmas Town. Of course, we all know it as the North Pole. And it's really pretty. We see some of these tr- Christmas trees all decorated with, like, cranberries and other types of garland and Christmas decorations. Oh, there's Christmas seals that are... One of them is balancing a wrapped Christmas gift on his nose. Well, if you can do it, why not, right? Oh my gosh, Santa and Mrs. Claus, they live in this enormous castle, which is to be expected, of course. So we go inside the castle, we see Santa is sit sitting at this long table, gray table, gray plates, gray cups, everything is just doused in gray. And Mrs. Claus, of course, is like, honey, you have to eat, you haven't touched a morsel, I'm gonna have to take this suit in. He's just really skinny. I mean, there's more head to him there than there is body. So, of course, Santa's like, look, I'm busy. I got things to do. I had no time for eating. And, of course, <laughs> his wife is just shaming him. Like, who ever heard of a skinny Santa? You need to eat. I don't want to do any more readjusting with this suit. We go through this every year. I want a break sometimes. First, we cut back to Sam the snowman who says, don't you worry about Santa Claus. Mrs. Claus will make sure he gets fed. So Sam is telling us about Rudolph and how, oh, we would have really missed Christmas if Rudolph wasn't here to save the day. Granted, I am getting ahead of myself. I mean, you know Rudolph. He's the one with the bright, shiny nose. Well, you don't know his backstory and how he came about. So I'm going to explain it to you. We're going to get into a little history on Rudolph, a little history lesson. So one of Santa's lead reindeer, Donner, is the proud papa of a young baby Rudolph. So we see Rudolph, we just don't see his face yet until he lifts it up and then all of a sudden you see this red bright light on his nose that just starts to glow and when it glows it makes like a ear shrieking shrilly noise that would like no doubt your eyes would go cross like just blow out your eardrums it's really like the worst sound you can imagine that's it times a hundred I feel sorry for Rudolph I mean he didn't ask for that nose I mean granted it does come through in the end and but and of course, Donner and his wife, they don't know what to make of Rudolph and his nose. It's like, wow, he's got a shiny nose. I'd even say it glows. You know, just like the song. So, you know, his, his wife is like, honey, we'll just have to overlook it. And he's like, well, bro, look at it. You can't overlook something like that. It's bright. It's shiny. Send him out in a snowstorm and someone's going to be able to see him. That nose is going to stick out like a sore thumb. He says, <laughs> Donner says, his beak blinks like a blinking beacon. 
out. Here we go. Santa's right on time. He knows that Donner and his wife are expecting their child, and he wants to see the new fawn. So Santa heads over, pats Rudolph on the head, doesn't really notice anything. You know, he's got a red nose, but Rudolph's like, Santa? And he's like, wow, he's smart, too. He already knows me. And the light on his nose just starts that blinking and the shrieking and the ear-splitting noise. Yeah, you can't hide the nose. I mean, honestly, you know what? You know what it makes me think of? You know how back in the day um, when they were testing like the TV channels for emergency broadcast systems, stuff like that, and you hear that sound? It sounds like that. So Donner steps in like, hey, look, Santa, I- I'm sure it's going to stop once he grows out of it. Once he gets older, he'll lose it. It's not going to be a big deal. Santa, of course, is like, well, let's hope that that's true. Otherwise, he's not going to be on my sled team. This is just, Santa comes off as kind of a jerk. I mean, um, automatically, because of Rudolph's nose and that noise, he just immediately dismisses him. Like, well, yeah. I, I don't want him on my team if he's going to have that nose and stand out. All my reindeer look identical. They all have black noses. So Donner's sleigh bells that he uses for the sleigh are on the wall. And, of course, he puts it on Rudolph to hope, oh, one day you'll grow into these. And it's just adorable looking at little Rudolph, like, wear this giant harness with bells on it. Wow, Donner is such a doubting Thomas. Like, oh, Santa's right. He'll never make the sleigh team. Of course, Donner's like, hey, I think I got something that will hide that nose of yours. He puts, like, some soot or some weird, like, rubber tip on it, which kind of distorts Rudolph's voice. So it's like, we're going to hide that deformity of yours so everyone thinks you're normal, which is a horrible lesson to tell ch- you know, children and everything. You know, kids have a hard enough time with self-esteem, but to tell them to hide it and just act normal, it's just, that is a terrible lesson to tell children. It's a terrible lesson for, Rudolph was like just born that day, and his father's already turned his back on him, like, oh no, you're not, you're not going to be my kid with that red nose. No, you're going to wear this black little cap on your nose so you can look like everyone else. I mean, I don't care if your voice sounds funny or not, but I don't care if you can't breathe through it either. So just breathe out your mouth. Ugh. Of course, Donner's wife doesn't exactly step in and, you know, go to bat for Rudolph at all. She's like, oh, well, I mm, I don't like it, but whatever you say, dear. You're, you're the man of the cave. So we do see a mini montage of Donner teaching his son all about what it means to be a reindeer, how to get food, how to survive, you know, steer clear of that abominable snowman, man, that bumble that's lurking around, which is like a big abominable snowman, basically. His official title is the Abominable Snow Monster of the North. He's mean, nasty, and hates everything to do with Christmas. Alright, so now that we've met Rudolph and heard his backstory, we have another misfit character that we have to talk about, and that is Hermie. He is the elf, the only elf that's got blonde hair. Well, there's a a few female elves, but he's the only male that has blonde hair. All the others either have 
dark hair underneath their caps or they have zero hair. I don't know. But they're all busy working. It's the 24th, so it's Christmas Eve. They're trying to get the toys out and ready to go. I'm sorry, it's Hermie, not... I didn't say Herbie, did I? I, I think I said Hermie. So everyone else is just doing their job. They love their job. And Hermie is just falling behind. Like, he's got a bunch of wagons that he has to paint red. So his manager comes over and says, What's going on with you? You got toys a mile long waiting for you to paint them. And Hermie just says, Look, I just, I'm not happy in my work. And the guy, like, blows, his manager, like, blows a gasket. Like, what? What are you talking about? Everyone's happy making toys. And Hermie's like, yeah, well, I just don't like to make toys. I have other ambitions in my life. I want to be a dentist. And, of course, his manager's like, a dentist? Yeah, right. No, you're going to make toys for the rest of your life. But Hermie, he's an individual. He wants to blaze his own path, which is understandable. You can't always follow the crowd. I mean, you can, but would you really want to? Don't you want to blaze your own path? Apparently everyone else gets to go for a break, but Hermie has to stay and work on painting all those toys. <sighs> yeah, that's not allowed. No, he's got to take a break. You can't enforce, you can't force him to stay there and work through his break. But it's the North Pole, so apparently he can. But as soon as the manager leaves, Hermie pulls out that book on dentistry, and he is just so fascinated by the bicuspids and the this and the that and everything to do with dentistry. Here's the song about being a misfit. Asking the question, why am I such a misfit? Why am I different from everyone else? So he's like, I'm not a nitwit. You can't fire me because I quit. So yeah, he doesn't fit in with the other elves, doesn't like making toys. He just decides to quit. His manager isn't there, but he's taking a stand. Now, Rudolph's come a little bit of age that he's got to join in the reindeer games with practicing... So that way he can be up in the running to take a place of one of the reindeer on Santa's sleigh team. And of course, his father is still about concealing Rudolph's red nose. Just put this little black cap on your nose and you'll be just fine. So Rudolph goes outside the cave, takes that black cap off his nose so he can breathe properly. And he's asking that same question that Hermie is. Why am I such a misfit? I'm not a nitwit. He's crying as he's singing it just because my nose glows. Seems I don't fit in. Oh, poor kid. That really goes out to both Hermie and Rudolph big time. Because I think everybody can somehow identify with both these characters. I've always been like on the outside of the crowd looking in thinking that maybe it'd be nicer if they could just fit in with everyone else, but knowing that you may never. And that's okay. You don't always got to fit in with everyone else. Like I say, blaze your own path. Be your own person. Go your own way. This almost seems like the first day of school for Rudolph because he's mixing with kids he hasn't even met yet because, of course, he had to come to age a little bit. And it's like the first day of school when your parents drop you off and like, oh, have a good day. You're going to do great. You're my little guy. Make us proud. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of pressure put on him. Mind you, he's, still, he's got that black cap back on his nose and he meets Fireball, who is this little buck who's got little pointy nubs on his head and he's got a little thatch of blonde hair. Oh, yeah. 
Rudolph, I just noticed, has got a couple nubs growing out of his head. Good for him. His little baby antlers. And, of course, Fireball befriends Rudolph right away because he doesn't know what lurks underneath that black cap that's disguised as as a nose. I noticed Fireball's got a few freckles on his cheeks, too. He's like, hey, let's go hang out and play and show off in front of the does. You never know, one might take a liking to you. Of course, at this point, Christmas is over and they're just going through the motions until next Christmas. Of course, filling in the time, you know, working with the elves, working with the reindeer, you know, the little, the does and the fawns and getting them up to speed on where they need to be if they want to be on the reindeer team. All right, so... We have the elf practice. They're going to sing their songs. They're going to perform in front of Santa and his wife. And they sound okay. Santa really is like, I got other things on my mind to focus on. You guys sound okay. That's Keep practicing. I'm sure you'll get it. And of course, the manager elf, head elf here, notices like something seems off. And they say, well... Hermie never showed up to rehearsal, so that's why it's a little flat in this section. Always blaming Hermie. I love how right before um, they start singing, Santa is just bored out of his mind, pulls out his pocket watch, is like, oh, let's get this over with, please. I like how Mrs. Claus is like really getting into it with the waving the fingers like a conductor. She likes it. Okay, I get that Hermie wants to be a dentist, but I definitely wouldn't use a hammer on someone's teeth. There are other more conventional, reasonable, safer ways. (laughs) And that is not it. Granted, he's using it on a doll who has teeth for some reason. If I didn't know that that wasn't paint there by that doll, I'd be like, is she having her time of the month? What's going on with that? Someone get her a tampon or a maxi pad. (laughs) Where's your undies, Missy? (laughs) So the manager comes in to give Hermie a hard time, of course. Like, hey, why weren't you in elf practice? Hermie's like, look, I wanted to fix this doll's teeth. And he's like, look, we got dolls that cry and wet their pants. Talk, walk, blink, and run at temperature. Really? Now, I remember I had, like, a little baby doll that was, like, baby alive or something similar where you just, like, put water in it and it jiggles. So it's made to look like it's alive, but really, it just that water just leaks right out the hole at the back. Like, phew. It was a good attempt, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. There are dolls that even pee. They have to change their diaper. It's like preparing young girls to be able to be future mothers. Like, here's some good practice for you of what you'll be doing when you become an adult and have a child. And, yeah, the head elf is like, look, we don't need any chewing dolls. You know, that wouldn't be a bad idea. That would be kind of cool. Babies that you can feed, not just a bottle, but actual, like pretend food and they like digest it and it comes off their bottom see just like a real baby so he pretty much warns Hermie like you need to come to elf practice you learn to wiggle your ears you chuckle warmly with the ha ha the hee hee the ho ho or you are gonna be fired which I'd be like fine fine fire me because I don't want to do this anymore so again I love how he waits till after the manager's gone and says, Ah, oh, he's right, I'll never fit in. Well then tell him you don't want to work there anymore. Hermie, stand on your two feet and say, I'm done. 
here's your doll. I'm taking my dentistry book with me, and I'm leaving. All right, now we cut back to Rudolph's story here, and he and Fireball are having a fun time just doing what fawns who are going to be teenage future deer do with button each other in the head with their little button antlers. Of course, we got some fawn or some doe that are looking over, noticing, like, hey, I think that one over there with the bow likes you. You know, the one with the Minnie Mouse polka dot bow? Yeah, that one. All right, so the reindeer coach is Comet, and he's dressed just like a football coach with the hat and the whistle. So he tells them the first game we're going to have is called Takeoff. I know we all want to pull Santa's sleigh someday, so let's see what you got. Alright, so he has Dasher's boy go first, and he just makes a flying leap and just crash lands. <laughs> right, down he goes. Like, well, it was a nice try. Back in line. He barely gets a foot of air before he just collapses into the snow. Think happy thoughts, like Peter Pan. Then you'll really fly. Of course, everyone just laughs at him, including Rudolph. Fireball tells Rudolph, like, hey, why don't we just hang out over here? They're not going to get to us for a while anyway. You can at least get acquainted with that doe over there with the Minnie Mouse bow on her head. So, of course, it's an awkward meet cute. You know, you don't know what to say. Ask about the weather. So she's like, hey, nice day, isn't he? He's like, uh, yep, he's, he's bashful. He's kind of a little like Bambi was bashful when Feline first came up to him. Like, Hello. <laughs> oh, God. And, and Rudolph here is no different. And he's like, uh, yep, he's looking down at the ground. But then again, when I was young and I was introduced to someone, I'd probably look at the ground, too. So she is just really buttering him, him up, saying, oh, yeah, for takeoff practice, it's a great day. I bet you'll be the best. So she's definitely got her eyes, sight, her eyes set on him. Oh. I think her name, her name is Clarice, right? Well, she notices something's off about his voice. Just sounds kind of funny. Kind of like when you told your nose like that and talk. Yeah, like that. Like, is there something wrong with your nose? I mean, you talk kind of funny. Of course, he gets offended. Like, what? what's wrong with the way that I talk? And she's like, well, don't get angry. I don't mind. And I'm like, well, then why did you bring it up? <laughs> if you don't mind, then don't bring it up. He already feels awkward enough. I mean, she doesn't know that, but come on. Clarice, all right. I like how he's, he gets that confidence back. He's like, hey, Clarice, maybe after practice, will you mind if I walk you home? And of course, she doesn't have a problem. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'd love it. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, does he get to say it? Because, of course, Comet breaks in with, hey, Rudolph, get back here. It's your turn. Okay, but before he goes, he does ask her to walk home with him. Oh, yeah, she's all about it. Like, of course, I would walk anywhere with you, Rudolph. Oh, she gives him a burst of courage. I think you're cute, as she whispers to him. She did say that she thought he'd be the best, so she's definitely buttering him up and getting him more confident. So, I mean, if she hadn't have said that, you know, I think you'll be the best and all that, I don't think he would have had the courage to ask her to walk home, you know, to walk home with him. Right away, he's like, I'm cute, I'm cute, she thinks I'm cute, and he just flies into the air, and it's like, it blows everyone out of the water, like, wow. So I guess Santa did see that takeoff, and he was pretty impressed, and so was Fireball, and he and Rudolph, like, 
knock their button antlers together, uh, together, and you hear the clacking of their hooves and everything, and then all of a sudden you hear that ear-splitting emergency broadcast system sound again, and that black cap that was on Rudolph's nose, well, it popped off again. It does not stay on. It doesn't want to stay on. And of course, Fireball is right there, and it's like, his eardrums just burst, like, for crying out loud! Of course, Rudolph can't understand, like, what's the matter, Fireball? Why are you backing away from me? And Fireball's like, get away from me! Get away! Of course, Comet comes over there and it's like, what's this nonsense here, guys? What's going on? And all of a sudden, ugh, he hears that noise, too, that ear-splitting noise. Ah, my ears! Every, all the other bu- uh, little um, fawns come in there and start, you know, they start in on him, calling him Big Schnoz and bulbous nose and this and that and they just really and what's worse is of course we find out that Comet is Clarice's father and she doesn't want Rudolph you know walking her anywhere you stay away from my daughter I don't like you you're not fit enough to be around my girl someone calls him fire snoot oh for heaven's sake now Santa is all like shaming Donner, like, oh, it's so sad that he had such a great turnout, too. I mean, a really great takeoff. We could have used him, but now it's like, ay, ay, ay. So, Comet cuts Rudolph, like, I don't want you in the reindeer games. You're cut. Don't even bother coming back and trying out. So, Rudolph goes off to cry and sulk, and Clarice comes after him, and he's like, what do you want? And she's like, well, I mean, you promised to walk me home. And he's like, well, I mean, you still want to, even though I have, you know, this red nose? And she's like, yeah, that doesn't bother me. And I love how she's so accepting. He may be a little different, but that doesn't mean, I mean, it's nothing. It's just a red nose. He's still the same Rudolph. He's still got the same personality. Aw, she says, I think your nose is a handsome nose. Well, I mean, (laughs) red's my favorite color. (laughs) And she says, it's much better than that silly false one you were wearing. And Rudolph is like, just shaming his own nose. Like, it's terrible. I mean, it's not like everyone else's. And she's like, yeah, but that's what makes it so great. So grand. And she says, any doe would consider herself lucky to be with you. I know I am. So she does try to perk him up with a song called There's Always Tomorrow for Dreams to Come True. Believe in your dreams, come what may. There's always tomorrow, so much to do, and so little time in a day. As she sings to him, such a beautiful voice for such a young doe. We all pretend that the rainbow has an end, and I love how the little bunnies and raccoons have come to join in the little sing-along. They're just swaying back and forth. And you'll be there, my friend. One day. Tomorrow is not far away. Beautiful song. So this is sweet. They walk each other home and the birds are hovering around them. It's such a cute moment. Of course it's interrupted. So he tells Clarice and Rudolph that his daughter is not to be seen with him. So. Uh, That sounds like the end for Clarice and Rudolph. But is it? We'll have to find out. So, Rudolph sits down on the snowbank, and who pops out of the snow but Hermie! Another like-minded misfit. So, Hermie claims his independence because he wants to be a dentist, and 
Rudolph's like, yeah, I'm just like you. I'm independent too. That's what I want to be. Just like you. Independent on my own. No one else. So Hermie and Rudolph decide to pave their own path. And they like, well, you know what? If we're not wanted in Christmas Town in the North Pole, we're going to find a place where us together can be who we want to be, where no one will judge us. Granted, of course, they do have to keep that light of Rudolph's kind of on the DL because, you know, that, that Bumble, he does like reindeer. He likes to eat them, so. All right, so surprisingly, Hermie and Rudolph survive that blisterly cold night, and they happen upon Yukon Cornelius, who is looking for gold or silver. He's got his pack of dogs that are pulling his sleigh. <laughs> of course, Rudolph and Hermie get a little freaked out. Like, oh my gosh, someone's coming! And they jump into the side of uh, a snow wall. And Yukon pulls them out like, uh, I don't think you want to do that. I mean, they see this red bearded guy that uh, has got a pickaxe and of course it's like yeah I'd be a little nervous too like uh. but yeah he's just oh you dogs don't know how to mush so he's like hey why don't you two come with me and the dogs end up jumping on the sled and Yukon Cornelius ends up pulling the sleigh he's like here let me show you dogs how it's done alright so we have Charlie here he's a Charlie in the box he is the head of the island of misfit toys as far as he watches all the misfit toys and kind of takes care of them of course it's not up to him whether or not rudolph Hermie, and yukon cornelius can stay there it's actually up to king Moonracer. so they have to go to the castle to see him man i get it Hermie and rudolph it's like they're misfits too so you know their place that they were at didn't accept them so it's like i want to be here where being different is accepted. So we get to see some of the other misfit toys. We see a clown's Russian nesting doll that like breaks apart and like smaller versions of him pop out. Oh, there's a little wind-up mouse at the very end of that uh, Russian nesting doll clown. We see a blue bear with wings on its hide. See a doll, which I don't see anything wrong with her. We see a scooter, a white elephant with pink polka dots, a blue little airplane with a face on it, a choo-choo train with square wheels on the caboose. Now that just sounds like a, uh, a mishap at the toy factory. Like someone wasn't paying attention or they ran out of s circular wheels and just put on square ones. A water pistol that shoots jelly. Uh, well, somebody, again, was not doing their job. Like, you don't put jelly in there. But it's kind of funny because he, he shoots jelly, the uh, little gun does. It lands on Hermie and Rudolph goes right over and licks it off. <laughs> and the bird here doesn't fly. It swims because its tail is a fin. And you see it jump off its perch into a little bowl of water. A cowboy who rides an ostrich. That's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, it's not a horse, but a boat that doesn't stay afloat. So yeah, we're meeting all the different misfit toys. And it's like, I don't see why a kid wouldn't be into that. 
I think they're kind of misjudging themselves, but I'm guessing that Santa might have had something to do with that. As far as he didn't think that they they were good enough, so he just dropped them off on the the island, and they've just dubbed the island the island of misfit toys, where toys that aren't accepted get dropped off. They don't even get to see the kids. Oh, okay, okay, so King Moonracer is the one that actually searches the earth every night for a misfit toy and brings it there. So that's probably how they wound up. Okay. I like that he looks out for them and protects them. Like any good lion should. So Rudolph goes, you know, they go and see King Moonracer and they're like, hey, we're misfits. We're misfits. We'd like to live here. And of course, King Moonracer says, I would like to help you out, but unfortunately, in order to stay here, you do have to be a toy, and you are not. I'm sorry. You can stay the night, but after that, in the morning, you have to go. So, I guess the reason that he can't let them stay stay there, aside from the fact that they're not toys, is that they're creatures, they can't protect themselves, it's really an open area, um... You know, that bumble's still running around somewhere, so... Um, but the way that they can help is when they eventually, if they go back to Christmas Town, they can tell Santa that there is an island of misfit toys that would more than... The one thing they would want in the world, more than anything, would be to be loved boy, by a boy or a girl. And I don't see why they wouldn't be. They're cute and unique. I mean, yeah, you got a train, but I got a train that's got square wheels on the caboose. How crazy is that, right? That's pretty wild. So they're staying in a really nice hut for the night. They're all hanging out in the bed there, nice and cozy. And they're all talking about what the plan is for tomorrow. Rudolph saying, look, the abominable is out there. I have this nose. I'm going to get us all killed, basically. I have to go alone. You guys will be safe here. Of course, Yukon Cornelius is like, no, it's all for one and one for all. I mean, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so yeah, Hermie and Yukon are all like, look, Rudolph, either we all go together or we don't go. So we're all going together. And of course, Hermie and Yukon fall asleep quickly. Rudolph is just kind of sitting there contemplating. He's like, I can't risk them getting hurt because of me. I have to go out alone. So, just before he goes, he's right outside the door. He's like, bye, Yukon. I hope you find lots of tinsel, you know, because it's got silver in it. And he says to Hermie, I hope that, you know, I don't know what a dentist is, but I really hope that I know that you'll be the best dentist out there. Kind of farewell wishes. Like, if I don't see you again, I hope that what you want to do with your life and the career you want to have, that it's going to be, you're going to be the best at it and you're going to have a great life. So, it took Rudolph a bit to get back there. You know, he had to stay clear of the Abominable, which was on his tail. Kind of going to hiding here and there. Every once in a while, he would stop and make a friend or two. You know, the cute little polar bears are hanging out with them. So, in that time of wandering around, Rudolph grew up. He traded his, his little nubby baby antlers for some real antlers. He's got a full rack up there on his head. 
So in that time while he's been growing up, he finally realized you can't run away from your troubles. So he decided to go back home to Christmas Town. It's been a bit. I don't know exactly how much time has passed since you know he left Christmas Town and his parents and Clarice and all that, but it's been a bit. Of course, he goes back, and his other dear friends—they rec- well, I wouldn't call them friends—they recognize him. Like, huh? We thought you were gone for good, Neon Nose. And it's like, look, I don't have time for this. Can you tell me where my parents are? You can't. Okay, forget you. Then I'll find him on my own. Of course, he goes to the cave where he was born, and his parents are not there. Turns out, when Rudolph left, they were so upset that the dad felt bad. Like, I'm going to go look for my kid. I, I can't believe he left. I, I feel ugh, so responsible. Of course, when he left, then uh, Rudolph's mom and Clarice are like, we got to find Rudolph. We got to find your husband. Let's go look for them. And they got lost. Oh, Santa is the one to tell Rudolph that they've been gone for months. They've been looking for him. And he finds out uh, Clarice went with him. He's like, I'm going to find Rudolph. I don't care what my dad says. I love that boy. So Santa, of course, is worried. Christmas is in two days. And with Donner being gone... Santa can't get a sleigh off the ground. So it's almost like, he's like, because of you wandering off and your dad having to find you, now I'm out a reindeer and I can't even get my sleigh off the ground and Christmas is in two days. Like, come on, Santa. I get it. I get your priorities, but don't take this out. You're telling me none of those deer that were doing the reindeer games are good enough? I mean, they're old enough that they could pull your sleigh. None of them made the cut? Really? Ay, ay, ay. All right, well, he's about to leave when Christmas Town gets hit by that blizzard that uh, the snowman, Sam the Snowman was talking about. But Rudolph doesn't care. He perseveres. Like, no, I, blizzard or no, I'm going to find my folks and Clarice. They're out there. And so is that Abominable. Of course, he walks upon a cave, and who does he see? He sees the Abominable. And who does the Abominable have in his clutches? Clarice. And he is about to devour poor Clarice. That's not good. He arrived just in the nick of time. So, yeah, Rudolph takes on this Abominable. Like, hey, you put her down. And, of course, the Abominable drops Clarice, advances on Rudolph, and, of course, Mr. Fumblefeet falls over. (laughs) And, luckily, Rudolph, with his trusty antlers, just starts ramming him right in the bum. Like, I'm gonna poke you right in the butt. And now Rudolph's been knocked out cold. That's not good. The hero has now become one of the fallen. Is this Bumble laughing? Alright, so since Rudolph took off, looks like Yukon and Hermie decided to search for him just as the storm hit. And as luck would have it, they happened upon that cave where the Abominable or Bumble is. They see Rudolph is out of commission, and it's like, wake up, come on, Rudolph, wake up. He's gonna eat us. Yukon's got a plan, uh, ace up his sleeve. He's like, all right, look, Hermie, this is what we're gonna do. You're gonna pretend to be a pig, because that's what Bumbles like to eat. And, of course, Hermie does the same thing that Ducky does in Land Before Time. Of course, 
Hermie is acting like a pig, going oink, 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 oink. And Yukon's like, look, the bumble's hungry. You gotta do better than that. So Hermie lures the bumble just out to the entrance of the cave. We have Yukon up above. He knocks a piece of ice and snow, knocks out the bumble. Hermie goes to work with his players, yanks out all his teeth. Which pretty much renders the Bumble useless. I mean, if he do, I mean, yeah, he's got the claws, but I mean, I mean, he got he don't got no teeth no more. So what's he gonna do? Gum ya? He's gonna gum ya to death. Oh yeah, yeah. So of course Hermie's like, look, the Bumble's not gonna hurt you. See, he's got no teeth. I pulled them all out. There's been a big pile right outside the cave entrance. They just walk right through his legs. Of course, Yukon, Mr. Tough Guy, is like, oh, let me at him, let me at him, <laughs> big old tough guy. And wouldn't you know it, he, the Bumble, and the dogs of his all go over the edge of that cliff. Oh, boy. Everyone's sad. It's like he risked his life to save us, and now he's gone. So they all head back to Christmastown, um, Hermie, Rudolph, and his fam and Clarice. And of course, everybody in Christmas Town, the elves, the other reindeer, are just like, hey, look, we misjudged you. We're sorry. We could really use you. Even Santa realizes that he was wrong about Rudolph. He tells Rudolph, like, look, as soon as the storm lets up, I promise I will find homes for all those misfit toys. So the head elf tells Hermie, like, hey, look, I know you don't want to be, you know, an elf that makes toys and stuff, but so I'll, I'll give you a space that you can open up a dentist office. Of course, Hermie's like, here, come here, open your mouth. Oh my gosh, your teeth are really bad. You're going to have to come see me soon, and we'll take care of that. I'm like, yeah, just please don't use that hammer or those pliers. He was reading from a book on how to be a dentist. He's got no schooling. I'd be a little nervous. So at least Donner does apologize to his son Rudolph for the way that he acted. Yeah, Rudolph came through to you for you guys. He saved you. We're going to be Bumble Chow. Or Reindeer Chow, however you want to say it. So everyone gets a surprise as someone's banging on the door. Open up, open up. Tis not a night fit for man nor beast. And it's Yukon. He survived the fall and he's brought the abominable Bumble with him. And apparently the Bumble wants a job. <laughs> and it turns out Bumble's bounce. Because all the elves are a little nervous because like, they start like, backing away like, whoa, um, uh, I, uh. He's going to kill us all. And Yukon's like, look, this Bumble is friendly, okay? He's got no teeth. He just wants a job. And we see the Bumble putting the star on top of the giant tree. All right, so the elves are going back to making some toys because Christmas is almost here. And, of course, Mrs. Claus is telling her husband he needs to eat because the kids don't need to see a skinny Santa. They want to see a jolly, chunky Santa. So, an elf gives Santa the weather report, and of course, the storm is not subsiding. So, looks like he's afraid Christmas might be canceled. And of course, Rudolph's nose starts. So, yeah, actually, Santa goes to break the news to the elves and the deer and everybody that Christmas is going to be canceled if the weather is not letting up. So, of course, Rudolph's nose starts going off. 
and it's it's bright. It's got that uh, emergency broadcast system squeal to it, and Santa's like, Rudolph, Rudolph, please, your nose. And then he realizes, like, wait, your nose, that's right, we can use your nose to help us get through the storm. So Santa's decided Christmas is not canceled after all, and Rudolph, you are going to lead my team, you and that wonderful nose of yours. So just like the Rudolph song, he says, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? And how can Rudolph pass this up? He really can't. He's making him offer. He can't refuse. And Rudolph is like, it will be an honor, sir. Granted, Donner is telling his wife, you know, I knew that notes would be useful someday. It's like, oh, give me a break. <sighs> All right, the elves are loading up that sleigh, getting ready to go. All the reindeer, they're all harnessed. They're all set. So the movie closes out with Have a Holly Jolly Christmas. Everyone's getting all the to- all the wrapped gifts up there. Hermie's dancing with one of the pretty little elf girls. Aww. Apparently Santa is his chubby self. He's ready to go. He's got his suit on. He's got the names of all the boys and girls that were good this year and all of them that are getting gifts. Rudolph's at the head of the sleigh like, let's do this. I'm ready. We cut back to the island of Misfit Toys. We have Charlie in the box. We got the white elephant with the pink polka dots. We have... The little doll, the little dolly, they're all just huddled around this makeshift campfire. Like, looks like Santa forgot us again this year. Rudolph broke his promise. Ah, look into the sky. What do you see? What do you hear? I hear sleigh bells. He, Santa plops right down in on the island of Misfit Toys. I'm like, alright, get in the sleigh. You guys are coming with me. I am taking you to your new homes. And we see Sam the Snowman for one last time. And he's like, as for the rest of the story. And then we hear the song, He went down in his story. Yes, he did. He certainly did. Just like the song. And we get to see, (laughs) as they sing the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer song, we get to see the sleigh and we get to see the elves dropping off the little dolly and the white elephant with the pink polka dots, the bird with the fishtail, Charlie in the box, the train with the square wheels on the caboose, the cowboy who rode an ostrich. Yep, they're all going to their new homes. Santa waves Merry Christmas to the audience and he's out of there. And that is the end of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I hope you all enjoyed it. I thought it was cute covering this. A lot of it was mainly songs and stuff like that with the story kind of interspersed in between. But it was really cute. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed sharing it with you. And have a wonderful, happy holiday this week. Bye-bye.